to you another episode of Game Face. I'm your host. They call me Face. And let's get right into it. Uh, first, we got some uh, breaking news. So let's let's get to that first. Can I get some breaking news? Uh, yes. And so it seems that the Washington Redskins have fired their head coach, Jay Gruden. He is no longer employed for the Washington Redskins. And let's be honest, are we all really surprised about this, people? I mean, come on now. It was only a matter of days, maybe just minutes with Jay Gruden. But we all know that team stunk. Yes, they had a lot of injuries, you know. Uh, but uh, he just wasn't, he wasn't cutting it. He was never cutting it, okay. So that's another, another great find for Daniel Snyder up there in the nation's capital, you know. I mean, it is a disgrace how that <laughs> it is. I mean, it is really a disgrace to see the Washington Redskins like this. I mean, this is a proud franchise when you talk about the Redskins. Okay. Joe Gibbs, the three Super Bowls. I mean, just, I mean, it, it is incredible the terrible job that Daniel Snyder has done with that organization. And you got to wonder how much longer they're going to put up with that because they have a very huge, very strong and dedicated fan base up there in Washington. They, they really do. So you really have to wonder how much longer, um, you know, I mean, I understand he's the owner. You know, he's all powerful. But, you know, the same thing with the Cowboys. And I said this about Jerry Jones. As long as Jerry Jones has influence as the GM and is making decisions, personnel decisions and roster decisions, the Dallas Cowboys are never going to win the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now. You can get mad all you want, Cowboy fans. I'm, I'm looking right in the screen and tell you, you're never going to win as long as Jerry Jones is running the ship. As long as it's Jerry's show. And it's the same thing with Daniel Snyder. I'm telling you right now, it's the same thing. As long as Daniel Snyder is running that team, that organization, the Washington Redskins are not, they ain't going to come close to seeing the Super Bowl. So good riddance to, to Jay Rudin. At least his brother's still employed, right? And let's be honest, probably the only reason why he got that job was because of the family name, okay, because of John Gruden. So, you know, hey, look, it, it, it is what it is. Um, but let's get on with uh, today's topic, today's question of the day. And uh, the question of the day is, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, uh, Mahomes uh, had a rough night last night. As far as phys physically, he had a rough night. Uh, he got beat up. He got beat up. The Colts beat him up. And, and that was pretty much a shocker because nobody was expecting that last night. And if you're going to sit there and tell me that you thought the Colts were going to <laughs> go into Arrowhead and beat up on the Chiefs the way they did, then you know what? I mean, you know, hey, good for you because nobody, nobody in this industry saw that coming. So uh, good job by the Colts. Uh, they're 4-1 now. They could easily be 5-0, and you know, if it wasn't for their kicker. Uh, Vinatieri, but uh, good job by the Colts. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes, uh, he got beat up. He left the game uh, limping, uh, injured his ankle. His own teammate actually stepped on him, stepped on his ankle. He got sacked four times. Uh, he had a rough game. But here's the thing, the numbers. The, the, just look at the numbers, though, okay? He's averaging 350 yards per game, close to 350 yards per game. We've only played five games. This is week five of the NFL, okay? He's already passed for over 1,800 yards, 1,800 yards. Last year, he passed for over 5,000. He was a rookie. Now, there is no doubt in my mind, no doubt, that Patrick Mahomes is going to pass for 6,000 yards. He's going to pass for 6,000 yards. I'm telling you right now. He's going to pass for 6,000 yards. It's incredible. The numbers he is going to put up are incredible. And it's not just about him being a great quarterback and being able to make all the throws, you know. That's not just it. It's also his head coach, his offensive coordinator. You know, Andy Reid is going to throw the football. He's going to throw the football. Now, last night, what did they rush for? Uh, they rushed, what, 11 yards? So the kid Williams, 10 rushes. They had about 10, 11 yards. 10 rushes for... For 10 yards. They're still missing Tyreek Hill. Watkins left the game. He had like a groin injury. So he left the, he exited early. So, I mean, but that's not going to stop Andy Reid. That's not going to stop Andy Reid. 
okay? If you've watched football long enough and you know Andy Reid, think about his days back in Philadelphia when he had McNabb and Westbrook, okay? Think about all those NFC Championship appearances and then the Super Bowl. The way he runs the West Coast offense, he likes to throw the ball. It's not balanced. And he got criticized for that when he was in Philly a couple of times. His West Coast offense is not balanced. He loves to throw, throw, throw. And I tell you something, either Mahomes is going to pass for six, 7,000 yards, or he's going to get killed on that field. The more you drop your quarterback back to pass in this league, the more of a chance that he is going to get injured. The percentages go up. You have to have balance in this league. I don't care about the rules. I know about the, the pass interference, and you just I, – I don't – you have to run the football. And a lot of these offensive coordinators and these head coaches, they just don't get it. And like I said, I don't know if they're enticed by the league rules, you know, not being able to press as much, you know, unprotected wide receivers out in the flat. I mean – you, you still have to run the football. You have to run the football. And if you notice some of these scores this week, the teams that did lose, that came up on the losing end, a lot of those teams did not run the football. They didn't run the football well. Their quarterback might have threw for 400 yards, maybe even 500 yards like Goff did a few weeks ago. But the team lost. You have to be balanced in this league. And some of these offensive coordinators, they just – they just don't get it. They just, they're just too enticed to put the ball in the air. You know, I saw it in the Giants game, and we'll get to them in a few minutes. But you have to have balance in the NFL with your offense. Are you going to get your quarterback killed? And we don't want that because this, this kid is too important to the league. You know, Brady is, is on his last legs. Tom Brady is, you know, he's still having a good year. He's not having a Tom Brady type year. But he's undefeated because he has a great defense. He has a great head coach. He has, he's playing on a great team. We still got Aaron Rodgers. He's going strong. Well, Breeze is on the, you know, on the shelf right now. But Bridgewater is holding his weight like I said he would in week one. But Mahomes is, I mean, this, this guy is the reigning MVP. And he's probably going to be MVP again. <laughs> if you can keep them standing up. So I don't know. What do you think? Uh, the number is 862-621-9536. You can also hit me up on Facebook.com at JLM online. Uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter. At Twitter at JLM face. So, uh, but that's, that's the question. I mean, is it realistic that this kid, Patrick Mahomes, could actually pass for 7,000 yards. He's already at 1,800, over 1,800. So he's basically at 2,000 yards already. He'll make 6,000 yards. If he stays healthy, he'll definitely pass for 6,000 yards. I have no doubt. Andy Reid. That's, that's Andy Reid. Andy Reid will pass, pass, pass. He'll completely abandon the run. Like he did with Donovan McNabb. And Westbrook. And all those Eagles teams, as I mentioned before. So. But that's the question. And like I said, taking nothing away from the Colts. Uh, that was a good win for them. Uh, 19, 19 to 13, 19 to 13, excuse me. On the road. On Sunday night, and I, I tell you what, that was, uh, you know, nobody's booing over there in Indianapolis anymore. Who are they? <laughs> it's amazing how winning changes everything. It's simply, it's, it's simply amazing. Winning changes everything. Amazing. And speaking of winning... That's something that we don't know anything about here, here in New York and New Jersey in the tri-state area, uh, as it's about to get very ugly here in this studio. So um, 
Uh, I, I I need a background. I need I need something heavy. DJ Marv, can you hit me off with something? Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. I could also probably use a Corona and also <laughs> a Coors Light because uh, the New York Jets are. Uh, it's amazing. It's, it's 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 they're the gift that keeps on hurting. You know, it's 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 I, I I don't I don't even know how to get into this. So the Jets, Jets and Giants were playing at the same time. They're on both at one o'clock, and so I didn't even bother to record the Jets game. I record the Giants game, then go back and forth to both games. But I was really into the Giants game because at least they're competitive. At least the Giants are freaking competitive. All right, but that trash that the Jets put out on the field was basically like high school varsity. I mean, I, I mean, you cannot be serious. The defense, you know, I'll, I'll give them some slack. The defense did compete. But that offense, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, it was a disgrace. I, I, don't, I don't remember the Jets being this bad, people. And the Jets have had bad seasons. I mean, we've had, <laughs> I mean, we've had terrible seasons. I mean, but this is, I mean, I mean, you just can't make this up. They're not even competitive. I mean, you got this kid, this quarterback. I, Luke Falk. Luke Skywalker. Couldn't help the Jets right now. Peter Falk. Couldn't help the Jets right Columbo couldn't help the Jets right now. That's how terrible this team is. That's how horrible it is. I mean, watching this kid play, I actually thought he was waiting for the 515 to show up. I actually thought as many times as I saw him just standing there, holding the ball, just standing there, I thought he was waiting for the 515 Express. I really did. I didn't know he was playing football. I had no idea he was playing football. And that offensive line is a disgrace. It is a disgrace. It's not an NFL, it is not an NFL offensive line. It's not a professional football offensive line. And you think Sam Darnold is gonna come back and lead us to the promised land? You think he can function? You think he can quarterback behind that line? If he's worried about his spleen, he should be worried about everything else when he comes back. Not just his spleen, but his skull. <laughs> his ribs. I mean, they couldn't block to save their lives. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles had three sacks coming into yesterday's game. Three sacks. Three. sacks they had six sacks by halftime you can't make this up ten sacks and I gotta sit there and watch the freaking head coach Adam Gates the so-called guru the quarterback whisperer thanks a lot Peyton Manning Oh yeah, because he's quarterback Gooseberg. He's great. He's an expert. He's great. He's he stinks. He stinks. He stunk in Miami. That's why they didn't like him. They hated him in Miami. They couldn't get rid of him fast enough in Miami. But what did the Jets do? Bring him right in. Oh, as a matter of fact, it's not enough that you're the head coach. We'll also make you the GM. Only the Jets. Same old Jets. And we got to turn on our TV and watch this garbage. I mean, I'm sitting on my couch on Sunday. I got my beer. I got my wings. I got my chips. I don't have a team. I have no hope to sit there and watch this garbage. To watch the Philadelphia Eagles, another team, just run shot over the Jets. This is the best that New York has to offer. I'm sick and tired of these owners. 
these sorry, pathetic owners. And New York fans, if you were smart, New York and New Jersey fans, you stop going to the games. But we're not going to do that. And they know it. Because we love the game too much. It's embedded in our souls, our teams. What do you think fans are short for? It's short for fanatic. What's a fanatic? Look it up. I mean, this is a disgrace. It's amazing how they can put that out there on the field and charge people. Charge people. At the gate. PSLs. Box seats. I mean, it's a circus. I mean, the Jets are clowns right now. They're clowns. They had a holiday in Philadelphia yesterday. And they're lucky the Eagles didn't have more than 31 points. Like I said, the defense did try to compete in the first half. But they were worn down. The offense offered nothing. Nothing. Le'Veon Bell is the only bright spot. And who would have thought that? But Adam Gase, already, he can go. He can go. Yeah, I said it. He can go. With his weird-looking eyes. Eyes looking all crazy on the first day. And I'm going to come in and I'm going to win. Get out of here. I don't even have any respect for you. I haven't even met you, and that's tough to say. That's that's messed up to say about another person. <laughs> it really is, I know. <laughs> but I mean, to have Darnold take all the snaps during the week, at least you could have gave Falk half of the snaps. You could have split, split the practice time with the first team. At least do that. They still would have lost. But it's the process of being a head coach. There's certain things that are common sense that you do to try to put your team in position to win a game. And he's incapable. So far, he's incapable of doing that. You've got your best players out there during preseason, playing in the third quarter, in the third game of the season. On the last game of the season out there playing and now he's out for the rest of the year what are you doing and you're getting paid to do that it's unbelievable it's unbelievable and it's gonna get worse next week not just as bad because they played Dallas and Dallas is gonna come in with that same fire and that determination that the Vikings came in against the Giants. They're going to have something to prove. They've lost two in a row. They're reeling. They've got questions. So they're going to they're going to make a statement. They want to make a statement. And the Jets, once again, as Shaq Shaquille O'Neal used to say, barbecue chicken. That's what they are right now barbecue chicken to their opponents what a disgrace i'm done talking with them i'm done talking about them i'm done thinking about them so let's move on to the other team in new york the giants so like i said at least the giants giants were competitive you know um you know that defense is not good uh, I did not pick the Giants to win this game. I actually picked Minnesota for the same reasons why I would pick Dallas next week. Minnesota has something to prove. Kirk Cousins was called out by his offense and his fellow players. So they came in with a grudge. Okay? They came in with a grudge. They had something to prove. They had a chip on their shoulder. And the Giants just don't have the playmakers. They don't have the playmakers to be on the same field with a team like the Minnesota Vikings. Not that I think the Minnesota Vikings are world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, because I don't really think they're that good, to be honest with you. 
If the Bears had a consistent quarterback, I'd take Chicago over them any day of the week. And we know about Green Bay, as long as Rodgers stays healthy. So, you know, I'm not sold on the Vikings, and I don't like Kirk Cousins. I think he's mediocre at best. I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. But they had something to prove yesterday. And the Giants just did not have enough playmakers on that field. Okay? They lost the kid Conley on defense. Looked like he was going to be a major playmaker. Had two interceptions. Had a couple of sacks. Has a nose for the ball. He tears his, his Achilles. He's out. Barkley is still out on offense. They lose Wayne Gallman after two running plays. And that really affected the Giants. It really affected their game plan. I feel like the Giants gave up way too soon on the run. Way too soon. So Gallman goes out, right? He has a concussion protocol. He's done for the day. Okay. You still had Eli Penny there. Okay, I know it's Eli Penny. Okay. Uh, you still have the kid, the rookie, Hillman. Okay. It's been decent. It's played well. He had the big fumble last week on the goal line. Other than that, no, he's been pretty solid, I would say. You know, looks like he has ability. But at this stage, you cannot put the whole game in Daniel Jones's hands. And that's the mistake Sherman made. He made a big mistake. He tried to put the game in Daniel Jones's hands. Okay. Jones, he had a pedestrian game. Pedestrian game. 182 yards. A touchdown to pick, which was more like garbage time pick. He was at the end of the game, just tossing the ball downfield. But you cannot put all that pressure on that quarterback, on a rookie quarterback like that. You can't. You just can't. Yeah, a number of opportunities in this game. He missed two TDs. He had 14 points right in front of him. He missed Sherlin Stepper twice. Once on that first drive, and then again in the third quarter. We had Shepard wide open, and he missed him twice. Okay, that's fine. It happens. I saw Aaron Rodgers miss a pass yesterday in that Cowboys game. So I, I can't go nuts, okay? Thing is, you have to make those plays. Then he comes back and makes a beautiful pass, a beautiful pass with Slayton, Darius Slayton, who so far has just been outstanding. And the two of them seem to have excellent, excellent chemistry. But overall, I just thought Shermer, and I don't know if you agree with me, I just thought he abandoned the running game too quick. Once again, as I said before, in the lead, you have to have balance. You just can't just sit back and pass and pass and pass in this league. You just can't. I mean, for the whole game, every time the Giants had the ball, especially in the second half, because in the second half, they pretty much had the ball the whole third and fourth quarter. Giants had the ball. And what did you see? Plays down the field. Plays down the field. There's nothing wrong with throwing the ball down the field. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with opening up the offense, okay, and stretching that defense. But the problem was the Vikings were giving you everything underneath. The few times that Penny got the ball, he ran for five or six yards. He was averaging five yards per carry. Here's the problem. He only carried it three times. When the Giants had the ball, let me tell you a key play in this game. So the Giants are driving the ball, right? They're opening the third quarter. That drive that went all the way down inside the 10. They threw the ball three times, if I'm correct. Three times they threw the ball. And then they kicked the field goal on fourth down. They get a penalty, right? Get a penalty, you know, unnecessary roughness. Once again, we see this called because the center, who is unprotected, gets hit 
by the nose tackle or, or defensive tackle or defensive end, right? Giants got burned by that call a few weeks ago. So they get a first and goal. Half the distance to the goal. Can I see a running play there? Can I see a running play on first down? Just, just one running play? And if you don't get in the end zone, then use your play action. But can I see at least one, one running play? You just threw the ball three times. So what happens? He drops back to pass again from the five yard line and he gets sacked. Once he got sacked, you knew they were not getting into the end zone. And then they tried to throw it again three more times. Completely abandoned the run. Completely abandoned the run. Oh, and another thing. Oh, and I like that little reverse and end around with, with Shepard, with Sterling Shepard. End arounds and reverses never work once you get inside the red zone. It never works. Never. It never works. It never works. Once you get inside the 20 or the 10 in the red zone, those reverses never work. You don't have enough room to work with. You don't have it. The end zone or the back of the end zone is the 12th man for the defense. That's a play that, that works when you're out in the open. When the defense has to drop back on their heels and cover yardage behind them, that's when that play works. That play doesn't work when you only have 10 or 15 yards and yet offensive coordinators around the league, they still call it and it never works, never works. I saw one player pull that off in the last 20 years, 25 years, and that guy's in the Hall of Fame. And that was Deion Sanders with the Cowboys. It was a sick run, just sick. Even Troy Aikman was smiling. Even Troy Aikman was like, yo, <laughs> my man, my brother. But once again, the play calling. I would have loved to see Shermer and the Giants just mix it up and not abandon the run. Because the Vikings knew what were coming. And you saw the head coach, Zimmer, after Rose got burned by Slayton on that beautiful touchdown pass. Do not let these receivers get behind you. You can't. You cannot let these Giants receivers get behind you. Keep everything in front of you. And the Giants still continue to take their shots down the field. And Daniel Jones took some shots, too. And just like Mahomes, the more you have your quarterback drop back, the higher the percentage, the higher the percentage that he will get hurt. And he took some shots. He really took some shots. But he got back up, and he's tough. He's tough just like Eli. He's like, like I said, he's like a clone of Eli. He doesn't say much, you know, even his celebration, that little hand, you know, when he throws through the TD, that little, yeah, like just like Eli. But you can't have this guy dropping back 40 times or 50 times a game. You just can't do it. Now, Saquon Barkley might be back this Thursday. It's not going to get any easier, Giant fans. They face New England. In New England, if I'm correct. So it doesn't get any easier. One thing about the Giants, they faced a lot of good defenses this first part of the season. And that was just the luck of the draw, I guess. But Dallas actually got shredded but we'll, <laughs> by Green Bay on the ground, but we'll get into that in a few seconds. Um, but the Bucks, the Vikings... The Pats. I mean, the Giants have faced a lot of good defenses. So, but as far as Barkley, uh, I don't know what planet he actually came from. But if he is, I mean, it, I'm I'm a little hesitant about this because I want to make sure he is 100%. You don't want to run him out there, and he's not 100%. He's not healed, and then you make it worse. You get another setback, and then he's out for the season. You don't want that. He's too viable a player. You want him 
on the field at some point. Whenever we can get him. Whenever. But you have to have him on the field this season. We want to see Daniel Jones and Barkley together. That's going to be the dynamic duo. This is what Giant fans want to see. So if anything, please do not rush him back. So there's rumors that he is probably going to play on Thursday. Which they're probably not going to beat New England anyway. But right now, it is what it is. Daniel Jones, like I said, he's progressing. I thought he played. He played okay. He didn't play bad. You know, he missed the two open TDs, wide open with Shepard. But you know what? It happens. And uh, we'll just move on from there. And I'm sure Bill Belichick will have a lot waiting for him. If he thought he saw a tough defense this week, yesterday, wait till Thursday. Right now, Belichick is in the lab right now, cooking. He's cooking. And Daniel Jones will see things that he's probably never seen before. I thought he'd see defensively on the football field. So that's enough with the local story. We're already at the half, the halfway point. Another half hour to go. We'll go around the league real quick, and then we'll try to get into some postseason baseball. The Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, Braves, all that good stuff. So the Packers, they go into Dallas. Uh, that was one of my games that I picked correctly. And this week I was 2-1, and one, so I continue my winning ways. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, now I'm 9-6 and six on the year. Uh, the one game I did lose was San Diego in Denver. I didn't see that coming. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how San Diego lost in Denver. <laughs> San Diego, but... Yeah, it is what it is, right? It's San Diego. Uh, but the Packers go into Dallas in the 425 game, uh, and they beat the Cowboys. I said this from the beginning, guys. I told you, I am not sold on the Cowboys. I am not sold on that team. Look at their schedule. Look at who they played. They played the Giants. They played the Redskins. I mean, who did they play? Who did they play when they jumped out to that 3-0 lead? I told you, watch the schedule. When you move in class, upper class, then we'll tell. Then you can tell how good a team is when they move in class. And they moved up in class the last two weeks, the Saints and the Packers. And that game, 34-24, it wasn't even that close. That game was not that close. At halftime, it was 17-0. At one point, it was, what is it, like 31-3, 31-7 or something like that. Prescott passes for over 400 yards. But that was makeup. Let's be honest. The Packers weren't playing the same type of defense they were playing in the first half that they were playing in the second half. So I don't need to hear from all these Cowboys. Oh, he passed for over 400 yards. And he threw three touchdowns. He did not play well. Where was he in the first half? And this is what I told you last week. You take out Ezekiel Elliott, you take away the running game, and put it in the hands of Prescott and see, can he deliver? And so far, he has not. I'll drink to that. He hasn't. I'm not saying Prescott is a terrible quarterback. I'm not saying he's even a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that. He has potential. But being in Dallas and being the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, the hype, you know, I just think he's overrated. He's just overrated. He's an overrated quarterback. The team is overrated. They've always been overrated. They've been overrated the last 20 years, 25 years. So Green Bay goes in there, and he rush for four touchdowns. Once again, we go back full circle. Full circle. What did I tell you? The teams that lost did not rush the football. A lot of the teams that won, they rushed the football. Now you got Aaron Rodgers there in the red zone. Aaron Rodgers. And what did they do? They hand the football off. 
They handed the football off. Unlike what the Giants did with a rookie. So, and then that and that was my point. Anyway, good job by the Packers. They beat the Cowboys 34-24. And the Cowboys will be on a mission to destroy the Jets <laughs> next Sunday. So uh, the Ravens with a big win. That was an exciting game. The Ravens and the Steelers went to OT. Uh, the Steelers lose their starting quarterback, Rudolph. He leaves with a terrible hit. I mean, he just got crunched. He was like Nestle crunched. It was a terrible hit. Backup comes in. Hodges, seven out of nine. Gives them the lead or leads them to the lead. Uh, I did not think Lamar Jackson had a good game. He threw three interceptions. He's got to play better than that. I'm sorry. You got to play better than that. Now, he rushed for 70 yards. So people are going to say, ah, but wait a minute. Look at the added dimension. It wasn't bad because who does that? Who throws, you know, a touchdown and then rushes for 70 yards and this and that? Look, I don't want to hear it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be hard on him. But you have to play better than that. And they were lucky they got the win. Their defense and their kicking game got them that win. Special teams and defense. It was an outstanding play by the defensive back at the end of that game, or in, in OT, when he punched that ball out of Juju Smith-Schuster's hand. Outstanding play. And then the kicker, Tucker, who's solid as usual, kicks them to a win. Good job by the Ravens, who were reeling. They had lost two in a row. So now they're three and two, and you know, like I said, it's going to be a long year for the Pittsburgh Steelers at one and four. Saints over the Bucks, 31-24. Bridgewater had his best game, 314 yards, uh, threw for four TDs, had one turnover. Like I said, it's going to be smooth sailing with Bridgewater until Drew Brees gets back, and he's getting better. Seems like he's getting better and better each week. And when the Jets have Bridgewater. After they, before they drafted Darno, I really was hoping that Bridgewater would get an opportunity because I thought he looked good. I really did. I really thought he looked good. But good for him after the, the, the gruesome injury with Minnesota. Comes to the Saints, backs up the great Drew Brees, and, uh, you know, like I said, that's going to be smooth sailing until Brees gets back. So now we're gonna go across the pond. Oh, can't can't forget this. Across the across the pond. We had <laughs> you know, the Raiders almost had a terrible loss. A horrible loss. And they end up having a great win. Now do you figure that? Over in London. So at one point they're beating the Bears. If I'm correct, it was what 17 to nothing? When I looked up at the score, it was 17. 17 to nothing. To nothing. And they blow the lead. It's basically a tale of two quarterbacks with Daniels quarterbacking for the Bears. Because in the first half, he looked clueless. He looked totally clueless. The second half, he came out, all of a sudden, you know, he looked like Joe Montana. Looked like a completely different quarterback. Bears end up taking the lead. They go out in front. And the Raiders come back and win. So good win for the Raiders. Uh, the Bears, like I said, uh, they're three and two. They're not bad, but you know, who knows how long Trubisky is supposed to be out. I have to check up on that. Uh, but they should be able to hang in there. Uh, Would have liked to see more from Khalil Mack going up against his old team. Tell you, these big time defensive players, these great, the greatest of all times, Khalil Mack and, and Aaron Donald in big games like this. And this, you know, this is a big game. You're going up against your former team. I mean, you got to play better than that. I mean, I, I, I got to see something. A couple of sacks, a forced fumble, you know. A touchdown, or, you know, a return or something. Amazing. Arizona 
Over the Bengals, 26-23, Kyler Murray gets his first win, career win as a quarterback in the NFL. Good for him. He has not played bad. You know, he's still on the learning curve. Um, he's actually proved me wrong. I thought he was a little too small. I've never seen a, a quarterback that small. Even Doug Flutie uh, be that successful or be successful in the NFL. And I should talk because I'm about a pint and a half. But uh, he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been bad. So, uh, good job by Kyler Murray. Cardinals get a win, and the Bengals are just god-awful. They're, you know, they're like under the radar awful. The Raiders, they really are. It's like nobody really talks about them, the Bengals. But they're like so under the radar. <laughs> god, they stink. Oh, they stink. And Andy Dalton, I'll tell you another thing. They got to decide what they're going to do with Andy Dalton. For me, he's just a generic quarterback. That's all he is. He never plays good in big games. He's never won a playoff game. I just, you know, they might have to look in the draft and make some changes there. So, moving on to Pats, 33-7 over Washington. They basically had a bye when you look at it. A week off. <laughs> and as I mentioned before, Jay Gruden has been relieved of his duties. So, not much to talk about there. No. You know, it's funny. The Redskins actually got off to uh, a quick start. They jumped out to the 7-0 lead. They had like an 85-yard uh, TD. Right. And so you're looking at the score. You're going back to the game. You're saying, hmm, is it possible? Because New England has not been playing great. Let's be honest. They, they have not been playing up to New England standards. But then at the end of the day, you look at the score. Second quarter, third quarter, 19 to 7. Then it's 23 to 7. Then it's, you know, business as usual for Belichick. It was the Bills over the Titans, 14 to 7. Uh, the Texans finally... Deshaun Watson finally had a big game. So they must have been watching the show or, or heard my complaints last week about opening up that, that offense because 53 to 32, 426 yards, five TDs. The wide receiver Fuller, he had like, what, three TDs over 200 yards? 217 yards. I stand corrected. So good win, good win for Houston. Uh, maybe that gets them rolling. They're at three and two. Uh, as far as the Falcons, like I said, it's they're another team. I mean, just they're just going the wrong way. <laughs> they're heading the wrong. They're going the wrong way. Man. Ever since that Super Bowl, when they blew that twenty-eight to three, ever since that Super Bowl, they have not been the same team, especially offensively. And I know they scored points yesterday in yesterday's game. I know they got a bunch of injuries on defense, but they're, they're just not the same team. They're just not the same team. Matt Ryan is just, you know, it's just like he's just Matt Ryan. He's there. He's making plays, but, you know, there's no substance there. It's just, it's hard to explain. It's, you know, it seems like they're just out there. So, just out there going through the, the motions. So tonight, Monday night, we have the Cleveland Browns at the 49ers. That should that should be a very interesting game. Very interesting game. So you can see right now I'm gonna be going back and forth. I'm gonna have to go back and forth, man. It's the only thing I can do. Watch the baseball. Watch the Dodgers, the Nats, watch the Yankees. I watched some football, Monday Night Football. Finally, a very, a very good, a watchable Monday Night Football game. And that's why this time of the season, this time of the year, is like the best time. It's the best time of the year. You got the NFL going. You got MLB playoffs. Hockey season's already started for all you guys that are into the hockey. We got the Rangers here. They got off to a quick start. And if I'm correct, the Rangers are 2-0. Devil's not off to a good start. But this is the best time of the year. 
And in a month or so, guess what? You'll have the NBA. The real NBA games, not these, you know, exhibition games. And they had the Warriors and the, and the Lakers on this weekend. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> Are we supposed to get excited over a preseason game? The first preseason game like that? It's the NBA. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about NBA preseason games. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Oh. Uh, my bad. I got a shout out, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, and I forgot, but I forgot about for all those people that are out there in Carolina, I didn't forget. So uh, it looks like Cam Newton is going to be out for a while, and his replacement is, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's amazing. It's, it's simply amazing. As talented as Cam Newton is, you know, that there could be a, a quarterback controversy. But the Panthers have done nothing but win since he's gone out. McCaffrey had a big 100-yard dash, 100-yard run in that game. It was more—it was like a dash if you look at it. I don't know if you ever—if you have seen footage of his run, but he ran straight. He ran straight, straight out of the, straight from the line of scrimmage. He just ran straight like a sprint. No cuts, no, nothing. There was nobody there. Nothing but desert. Amazing. It's a bad job by Jacksonville on their defense. But like I said, Christian McCaffrey, he's one of my favorite players, man. He's so underrated. So underrated. But good job by Carolina. I think they've won three in a row now. They're three and two. So uh, that pretty much wraps up the NFL. We're going to move into some baseball, postseason baseball. And if you're around here, it's all about the Yankees. Um, we had our friend Kyle Clover come on uh, last week, if you were listening to the show. And so he figured that Minnesota would push the Yankees to five games. Um, I didn't agree with that. I didn't agree with him. But evidently, he didn't pay close attention to the history between Minnesota and the Yankees. But there is no way in the world Minnesota was going to come into Yankee Stadium and win the game. I didn't think so. I just I just didn't believe it. I just didn't believe it. I don't care how many home runs they hit. And they were talking trash on the internet. I saw a whole bunch of articles in Minnesota. Twins win the home run title. 307 home runs. Big bad Yankees. We took them down. We did this. We did that. I said, okay, well, let's just wait till the postseason starts. See what happens. Now, it ain't over till it's over. The Yankees are up 2-0. They play tonight late for some reason, which I hate, at 8.40. The Yankee games take long, <laughs> take as very long as it is, man. And I think that's one of the, the only negative, few negative things you can say about, about those first two games, especially the first one. The game was way too long, way too long. I mean, I'm happy the Yankees won, but the game was way too long. Too many pitching changes. It's, it's just too long. Timeouts. Just, you know, really? But back to the game. Back to the Yankees. Um, yeah, I mean, this is what I expected. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees won tonight and swept them. Uh, I gave Minnesota one game in Minnesota. So if anything, uh, I gave the Yankees the series in four. Uh, so far, I've heard a lot of grumblings, little grumblings about Stanton. You know, already he's not hitting this, he's not doing that. I have not had a problem with, the call, with Stanton's at-bats. I think he's had some good at-bats. He hasn't done any big damage, but he hasn't hurt them. You understand? He hasn't hurt him. He seems like he's seeing the ball very well. He's not swinging at those breaking pitches, those nasty sliders and curveballs, breaking on the outside corner, outside of the strike zone. So he's laying off those pitches. 
You got a huge sacrifice fly the other day. Got ahead of the count three and one. He did his job. He's not hurting them right now. Not as, not as long as you got uh, Encarnacion hitting the way he is. I mean, he can't wait to get up to the plate. My God. I mean, he's got a bat. He just run into the plate. I mean, every time he leaves the batter's box, it's a line drive going into left field. I mean, what did he do? He missed like three weeks? Two or three weeks? I mean, come right back like he was hitting off a tee. Aaron Judge is doing his thing. I'm not worried about Judge as long as he's healthy. Getting walks, getting base hits, hasn't hit a home run yet. But Judge is a primetime player. He showed in his first at-bat as a rookie against Minnesota a few years ago in the playoffs. Ripping the single, then hitting a home run. Aaron Judge has done nothing but hit and be productive in the postseason. So I'm not worried about him. DD, a little slow on the fastball. As John Smoltz pointed out, since he's come back from the Tommy John, I think that's what it is. Anything that's slow, he's on it. Fastball, eh, a little late. But that was a huge grand slam. Huge grand slam. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't always have to be the home run. It doesn't always have to be the home run. I like my offense to be versatile. I like to see the Yankees get base hits, walks, then the big bomb in between. And that's what they've done the first two games against Minnesota. Labor Torres has had some big hits. He's looked good at the plate. Brett Gardner has looked very good at the plate. He continues his hot hitting. And he looks good up in that third spot. So, now, as far as the Yankees, right now, nothing to complain about. We expect them to finish Minnesota off and move on, where I'm pretty sure they will have the Houston Astros waiting for them, who are up two games to nothing against the Tampa Bay Rays. No surprise there. That's why you kind of was hoping that Oakland would win that wild card matchup. Because they played Houston great all year. They've pushed them. And I was really hoping that Oakland could win that wild card and, you know, push Tampa. At least maybe scare them. Maybe four or five games. So these guys, they play. And if I'm correct, they play in a few minutes, actually. In Tampa. That's a one o'clock start. Houston at Tampa. And it looks like it's going to be Morton, Charlie Morton going up against his old team against Zach Grinky. So who knows? Maybe Morton, you know, maybe he'll be pumped up. He's got to pitch better than he did uh, against Oakland because they were lucky to win that game. They were very lucky to win that game because he did not have his good stuff. And he did not have any control. But Oakland didn't have good at-bats. They just, you know, they were pressing. Oakland was pressing. Especially when they got down in the first inning. Lead-off home run from Tampa, and it's like they never recovered. So, uh, But Morton against Grinky, and we'll see if the Rays can salvage something. Maybe they can get some energy. Maybe they can get some momentum. And maybe get a game and prevent Houston from popping, popping that champagne. And who knows? We'll see from there. Over, over in the National League. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I was watching the Braves game. I was checking because, you know, NFL Sunday. And I was watching the, the Braves game, the Braves and uh, St. Louis game. Came on at around 3.30. 3 o'clock. I'm watching the game and I'm checking. I'm checking on the internet. I'm going back to TBS. Seventh inning, Atlanta no runs. Eighth inning, Atlanta no runs. One nothing. And I'm sitting here saying, I cannot believe that the Atlanta Braves can't score a run. I mean, they made Wainwright look like, you know, Sandy Koufax. I'm crying out loud. Bob Gibson. I mean, you got to be kidding me. What a terrible 
terrible job. <laughs> terrible job. By the St. Louis closer, Martinez. Terrible job. Gives up three runs in the top of the ninth. Blows the save and the game. And possibly, possibly the series. That's hard. It's hard to come back when you lose a game like that. It's very hard. And the only thing that'll help you is pitching. And I think they have Hudson on the mound today. That game is at three. And who do the Braves have? It should be Keiko. It should be Dallas Keiko. He started game one. So Hudson versus Keiko. But I mean, that's that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> that is very, very tough. That is, I mean, that's a terrible job. The one thing that is hard to survive in baseball is a terrible bullpen. Very, very hard to survive a terrible bullpen in baseball. So the Braves, uh, they might have might be on the verge of punching their ticket uh, to National League Championship round. Well, more than likely, they'll probably have the Dodgers waiting for them. And let me say something about the Dodgers in that game. The Dodgers, uh, if you didn't know, scored, what, six, seven runs? Seven runs in the sixth inning. And came back and destroyed Washington. And you know what? Washington deserve everything that they get. They do. They deserve it. Year after year after year, it's the same issue with the Washington Nationals. They can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. And they don't have a bullpen. Why the hell are you paying this GM? Why? Why are you paying this GM? You have the same issue every season. If he can't solve it, then he needs to get the hell out. Why are you paying him? I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. And you got to bring in Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin is not a reliever. He's a starter. I don't want to hear this crap about, oh, well, it's the postseason. And the postseason, everybody's on deck. And he's making a lot of money. And he's doing, I don't care. They're creatures of habit. He's a starter. He's not used to warming up in the middle of a game and coming in. Am I making excuses for Corbin? Look. That team has had the worst bullpen <laughs> in Major League Baseball in the last three or four years, seasons. The ERA is what? 5.66 this year? The worst. I mean, the worst bullpen. The ERA is over five in the postseason. I just don't get it. I don't get it. How can you go into each season over and over again with the same problems, with the same issues, and not address them, but get paid millions and millions of dollars, or thousands of dollars, whatever the hell he's getting paid? That's a damn disgrace. That's a disgrace in Washington. Now, it ain't over till it's over, two to one. We could come back here next week, and maybe the Nationals are in the National League Championship game. But that's, I mean, that was that was horrific. That was almost as bad as the St. Louis loss, those seven runs. And he had two outs, two outs, and he could not get one out. So we'll see. We'll see. So once again, thanks for joining. It's the end of the ride. Uh, I had a great time. We'll see you next week on Game Face. I'm Face Brown.